Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Thursday. Okay. Go live. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, July 14th, 2022. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning Five and Change. You can see the beautiful faces of the Dean, William Kerlick, and Mark Porter of Scatting, Ohio. You know it's Thursday. And you know we are about to talk recruiting. We're having some technical difficulties, shocker, with our uh, Twitter. But we're trying to get that running here. If you are on Facebook, if you are listening to the podcast, please utilize anything you can to make it happy. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a five-star review, etc. I'm going to try and keep getting the Twitter to go. And we will see if that will work. We appreciate these guys being here. We've got plenty to talk about. Gentlemen, tight end. I thought we we were done with tight end. That was my vibe on it. Ty Lockwood, class of 2023, already in the mix out of the state of Tennessee. But Ohio State engaged in a battle for shocker. Another Georgia-based recruit, Jelani Thurman. He has a very impressive offer list, but word is... Michigan State and Ohio State are the hottest schools. He is committing Sunday at noon. Bill, should I cancel my plans for Sunday? (laughs) Well, let's kind of go back a little first. Ohio State last year was interested in signing two tight ends. They ended up signing one and a guy that I think has has a nice future ahead of him. Uh, Interesting, kid from Georgia, Christian Bennett. And they were interested in getting another one, but they didn't reach for one. They could, they were in good enough shape. And Kevin Wilson has done a great job of recruiting tight tight ends. And uh, he, they were in good enough shape moving forward that they could kick a second tight end to this class if they need be. And... So they got their tight end early, uh, who I, and I know Mark agrees with this. We both like Ty Lockwood a lot. I mean, he's, he's what a tight end should be. I mean, he was impressive at Ohio State this summer. Uh, I think he's a tremendous prospect, and uh, I know Mark will chime in the same. So they got that started. He happened to be their first commitment. Then they were only going to take another tight end if it was somebody they really, really liked. Uh, high ceiling, high level guy that would 
have a skill set that would fit in well with Ty Lockwood and the, the two would complement each other. But lo and behold, Jelani Thurman is that guy. I mean, he's got a high ceiling. His uh, skill set fits in very well. Uh, I think he and Ty Lockwood could be a great duo at Ohio State. Uh, I, I think it would be an absolute grand slam. And, and right now, I think Ohio State is going to get Jelani Thurman. Uh, I crystal balled him through Ohio State yesterday. Uh, Steel Fong followed uh, that with a crystal ball, and Bud Elliott followed with it. And uh, we'll find out for sure on Sunday, but um, that would be, to me, a, a Kevin Wilson grand slam for the Buckeyes that, to get two tight ends of that caliber. Mark, I can see some video going in the background there. Looks to me like the video of the dude we're discussing. Your thoughts. You first were wondering if we're going to go tight end or defensive end. Yeah, you know what? I mean, let's, let's, I was a tight end in college, so I, I like breaking down the tight ends. Ty Lockwood, why did we love him, Bill? He did both things so well, blocking and receiving. And, and I know fans every year want this receiving tight end who's Tony Gonzalez or Travis Kelsey or something like that. But in reality, to football, the blocking tight ends are the most valuable tight ends you can get. Now, when you get the receiver mixed in with the blocking tight end, you've hit the lottery. And that's what tight end has, or that's what uh, Ohio State has with Lockwood. He, he's dual threat. He's a polished product. I'd say he's ahead of Jelini right now. Okay. And when you look at the film behind me and you see the, the Jelini film, he is an unbelievable athlete. That, that's the first thing that jumps off the tape. And I'd say he needs a little more polish. He's the rawer of the two. Uh, he looks like the more explosive receiver on tape. In fact, he's playing receiver a couple times on his film. Uh, making some one-handed catches and some crazy things out there as a receiver. But you could see his length where he's going to come in and get in the weight room. And you said it, Bill, the high ceiling type of guy where this guy could come out here in two or three years from now and look like a totally different, like a Ricky Dudley type, you know, like that long, lanky tight end that can run down the middle of the field. But I think when you watch Jelini blocking, he has pop and explosion off the ball and he has great feet. He can get in position and he can drive guys and he's a good enough athlete where people don't slip off of him. You don't see blockers uh, falling off him very easily. Uh, so I like both of them. Uh, like if I had to give the edge right now to the more polished one would be Lockwood, but both of them have a ceiling where they could end up in the same place, the NFL. And Mark, you mentioned athleticism. <laughs> um, talk about coming from an athletic family. Not many prospects come from a family that has one parent that played professionally. Thurman has two parents that play professionally. He's got his dad, Odell Thurman, who played uh, in the NFL for the Cincinnati Bengals. And he's I got had his no first time out. I had no idea we were talking about Odell Thurman's son right here. There you go. That's a big deal. We know, we know how you like the NFL connection. So this just got the Do you guys remember Odell Thurman when he was with the Bengals? Yeah. He was a stud. Linebacker. I'm not kidding. He was as talented as any linebacker in the league. Let's just, I'll go, I'll let Bill go from there. And, and then the mother, uh, she played in the WNBA. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's some great bloodlines there. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm now going packing my bags for Georgia, and I'm going to sleep on his doorstep to make sure he is in the mix. That is ridiculous. Does Dave Biddle know Odell Thurman's son is coming to Ohio State? Possibly, <laughs> he'll buy a jersey. <laughs> that guy's a wow. That's really interesting stuff. I tell you what, 
I'm now, I know I digress a little bit here. I'll guarantee you now that Ohio state has some kind of box they're checking for a professional legacy, because this is no longer a coincidence. This is like almost half of the guys that are going to be in this class had a parent that played professional sports. Very, very impressive. All right, Bill, we've gone from impressive and now we're going to the part of the show that many people are probably waiting for and are a little bit stressed out about. And because I don't want to take the abuse, I'm going to make Larry Ventresco ask the question, thankfully. Good morning, Bucknutters. Good start, Larry. <laughs> Even better. Hello, guys. Really enjoy your show, especially since I'm retired now. He's buttering us up. This is someone buttering us up. This is you can <laughs> feel you can feel the butt coming. But, and I added that in myself, is Caleb Downs really going to Bama and Bill? Will you be crystal balling him to Bama also? Thanks. This is in reference, I believe, to Caleb Downs, the star safety from Georgia, whose father, shocker, played running back for the Giants. Steve Wolfong has crystal balled Mr. Downs, the younger one, to Alabama. We always kind of knew it was kind of an Ohio State, Alabama, possibly Georgia tussle here. Bill, your opinion on Caleb Downs being crystal balled elsewhere. As I said, if this happens, this would probably be the first time in this recruiting cycle where I feel like someone punched me in the stomach. Well, will I be crystal balling him to Alabama? I don't know yet. Oh, dramatic pause. You know what that is. Yeah, that was perfect timing for this news. Couldn't have been any better. (laughs) But look, you know who's in charge. You know who did that? Saban. Yeah, he, you don't think Saban, you don't think Nick Saban has power? He stopped the dean mid sentence there. That he's is, like, he's he, he didn't want that crystal ball to change. But I think Bill was about to say he hasn't changed Caleb Downs from Ohio State yet. But it, it obviously doesn't sound like the news is pretty based on the lead up to what we have done to Bill. Yeah, and <laughs> we, may, we, may, we may have lost Bill reporting that kind of news. Bill is taking dramatic pause to another level. De Niro-esque in his uh, acting chops here. Has well, no has no fear of, of the... Uh, but let's just discuss this, and I can kind of get you guys up to speed. Um, I have a feeling Bill will be back here in just a second. But, yeah, Caleb Downs, obviously... The, I think you could make an argument that right now... <clears throat> I don't know. Mateo Uyungle might be up there. But in terms of the, the player that Bucknutters want the most... Caleb Downs might be on there. Yeah, he's, we don't we don't a, need to sugarcoat that. We've done five of these podcasts where we've known he was the the like the fun one. The Tackett Curtis was a fun one. Caleb Downs was like the 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 fan favorites were they were the juicy treat that had a lot of sugar on it. Yeah, this this was the one that's going to sting for some of Buckeye fans. But Mark, even so, he is legit. I mean, it's not like we're making this up. So you can no, maybe no, give this, every- these were the these were the high end, you know guys you want to put in your garage these are the cars you don't touch with you know they're the beauties so we'll see what happens here wolfong is rarely wrong with his crystal balls and caleb downs does not strike me as the kind of guy who's going to be one that wavers um so it's a little bit disappointing in that level but there's nothing much we can do about that um and we will get bill in here for some expert you know, and, and this is a phrase, and I don't mean to be cliche with this, but Ohio State tells me this multiple times over the years. We can't take them all. 
you know, we're taking these high end NFL prospects over and over again, and you fall in love with guys. It doesn't shake the tree at Ohio State. They're going to be fine. But I know sometimes there is a, a love for a player you get early on where you think, oh, I'd really like to see him in our jersey. And, and you know what? But I kind of have an agnostic thing to this where mm-hmm. these guys are all players that are coming in to develop. There is no sure thing. The NFL first round is a 50% bust uh, proposition. Same with these recruiting classes, no matter who they are. And we've touched on that with the NIL money. You want to throw NIL money? Uh, okay, throw a bunch of NIL money and see how sure you are about some of these players. And even the Caleb Downs and the guys that you think can't fail, there's still risk. So I try never to let my heart right. take over my scouting brain and think, oh, that player can't be replaced. He's was such a big piece that that piece will never – now there's other guys that will fill that role and do it quite well. I appreciate Mark with his therapy for me there as I internally, my heart breaks if we don't get Caleb Downs. We're going to take a quick break for those of you listening to the podcast. And when we come back, we're going to attempt to have the Dean, the more vertical version of him, uh, (laughs) chime in. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, we're back. Dean, bring us up to speed on Caleb Downs. You were about to do so earlier, and you went for the all-time dramatic pause. But now you're back. <laughs> my uh, laptop or my uh, uh, computer all of a sudden started doing updates, and Great. it went out. <laughs> so I am now on my phone and doing the show. So hopefully you you can hear me fine and all. Everything's good. But uh, that's what happened. So anyway, will I be crystal balling Caleb Downs to Alabama? The the short answer is I don't know yet. You know, I have long felt that he goes to one of three schools, Ohio State, Alabama, or Georgia. And I've said that for quite some time. And I've also said that I have felt for quite some time that Ohio State uh, was running number one or two, not number three. And it is looking like it's going to come down to Ohio State or Alabama. Um, you know, he started trending uh, late yesterday afternoon or maybe early evening to Alabama. Um, I had previously said that uh, I wasn't ready to crystal ball him to anyone, Ohio State or Alabama. And if I absolutely had to say, I'd probably go with Ohio State, I said. But it's just too close to call. And I still feel that way. I still feel like uh, he hasn't made a final decision yet necessarily. And I know uh, that Alabama and Ohio State are continuing to recruit him. Um, He hasn't set up an announcement date yet. Mm. So uh, while things are trending to Alabama, I'm not ready to crystal ball him to Alabama or Ohio State for that matter. I want to see what happens, what transpires here. We can hope. We can definitely hope. All right. Um, Another development that I think is uh, legitimate here, and I was waiting to pronounce this, but it does appear that 
in my opinion, the first NIL school has emerged, and that is the U, Miami. Um, there are more guys committing to Miami and considering Miami now than there are there have been in a decade. Um, if you see the guys they're getting, they are in the mix for legit prospects. If you go back and look over the last 10 years, Miami did not recruit on the same level as the other, even Florida schools, and they have pulled ahead of them now. Um, the example I'm going to use here, Bill, is Olas Allenin, the offensive lineman, was theoretically, in the eyes of many, down to Ohio State and Alabama, and then now Miami comes into the mix. You can't choose Miami over Ohio State and Alabama for purely football reasons. So that must mean the guy from Scandinavia who grew up in cold weather, we're going to lose out for weather, which I can't believe. But, Bill, maybe a little bit on Olaus Allenin because he was really the only offensive lineman left on the board I thought they would take because he was a left tackle prototype. Now it looks like he's going to the U. Maybe Allenin and the U, two things we didn't expect. Well, again, I want to go back before I directly answer that question. Uh, people are really concerned that Ohio State uh, offensive line recruiting. Um, the goal this year for Ohio State, when you look at the numbers, and I've looked at these closely, their goal was to get four offensive linemen in this class and five if Number five was a high-level elite type guy. But the goal is to get four offensive linemen in the class. And they've got four good ones. Um, you know, the, the three kids from Ohio, I like a lot. Luke Montgomery is a top 50 overall prospect in the country. And Padilla, Josh Padilla, I've liked him for quite some time. Austin Searvelt, High State beat out Notre Dame for him. He did not have a fake offer from Notre Dame. They beat out Notre Dame for him. Notre Dame is recruited extremely well in the offensive line, and they wanted him. So uh, they've got those three. Then, then you put in Miles Walker, who Ohio State, they beat out Texas A&M and Penn State for him. Texas A&M has a very good offensive line coach who is from that area that Miles Walker uh, is from. And Ohio State still, Justin Fry still went there and, and won that battle. So they've got four a group of four O-linemen o -linemen that I like, I, I definitely like. Uh, Allenon would have been, and he's not committed anywhere yet, but it doesn't look like it's going to be Ohio State. I, I, I don't expect that. But uh, he would have been kind of the, the, the cherry on top, uh, so to speak. But he's not someone they absolutely, again, they, they filled their needs with four offensive linemen that I like, two tackles, a guard, a center. So they filled their needs well with guys that I think are very good players. Allen, uh, you know, I do think he's probably going to Miami, if not Miami, then Alabama. And, and again, everybody approaches the NIL differently. And, and personally, I like Ohio State's stance on that. They are more into paying the guys for production at Ohio State. And then they get paid then. And then they get paid after they are developed and that production comes into play and they get picked high in the draft. And personally, I tend to like that approach. Yeah, Bill, that's, that's a key here. And I think it's going to end up being an overarching theme to recruiting. Um, you're going to see the schools that pay for name on entrance and you're going to see the schools that 
you know, you got to come here and earn it because there are guys on the team already who had a higher profile than you did and are headed to the league. I do think long will, will Ohio state lose out on a few guys because of that? Probably. But in the long term, I still think, and, and I think you guys would echo this. The goal is for these guys to get to the NFL. I don't think any of these NIL deals are going to be anything close to, for example, what Andrew Norwell has made in the league. So long-term, this is all going to flatten out and we will be in good shape. I, I don't have any any worry about that. All right, next question. Bill, this is, if my guy Downs wasn't the number one guy on the board, it was this guy. Brass Tacks. We and brass tax is not afraid to go to caps here. As we all know, caps mean business. We are not getting John Walker. We've never had success getting one and three tech defensive linemen from the deep South. We were lucky to get Tyleek from Virginia, but when's the last time we got a top one tech from the deep South. Now he is bringing up a solid point there. Tyleek Williams, while from Virginia, he's from Northern Virginia, which is not like the rest of the state. Um, He's fantastic, though. Uh, Bill, your vibe on John Walker. First, Mark, let me ask you this. Your thoughts on John Walker, he's very highly rated, but I think the Bucknutters want him a little bit more because he's more of the classic defensive tackle type from the South we haven't been able to get. Is he all that, you know, he's cracked up to be, or is that our eyes too big for our stomach there? No, he's all he's cracked up to be, and I think that's that – Southern feel is because Alabama's had great defensive lines. Clemson's had great defensive lines. Georgia, you know, I mean, it's like it seems like that's where those defensive lines are built. So you want to go down there and steal some of that. Same way people want to come to Ohio and take our offensive linemen. Uh, yeah, John Walker is your true one technique, unmovable object who has the athletic ability to run around and be more effective than just the blob in the middle. Uh, I think we can get him. I know I've been following Bill on him and. So ever since we put his uh, evaluation out, the Bucknutters have been all over this guy about being a coveted player. You know, you know, and guys like Caleb Downs, John Walkers, at this point, these are the cherry on top of the milkshake. I mean, you already got the thing filled up to the top. You're just putting a little sprinkle or something on the edge with guys like this in this type of class. And that's kind of the way I look at John Walker right now. But he is big time inside. He lives up to the height, uh, the athletic ability with his – uh, size is just rare, I would have to say. Bill, he lives relatively near the University of Central Florida, which, by the way, is now the biggest school in the United States, attendance-wise, has uh, topped out over Ohio State, Minnesota, and Texas A&M, which usually battle that out. And the word was his mom wants him to stick around. I refuse to believe Ohio State's going to lose a recruiting battle to the University of Central Florida. Am I clueless? <laughs> Well, uh, it could happen. It, it could happen. And I've said this for a little bit now. Um, John Walker is a homebody to some extent, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, uh, uh, people like to be at home. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, Central Florida, obviously, he's from Kissimmee, Florida, which is uh, kind of a suburb of Orlando. So it, that's right in his backyard. His mom does like that possibility it's going to come down to three schools really ohio state uh central florida or florida florida has not given up they 
are looking to possibly get him back on campus at the end of this month. He is announcing on July 28th, I believe it is. And uh, they're looking to get him back on campus in that little window at the end of the month. But right now, as things stand right now, the top two schools for John Walker are Ohio State and Central Florida. I've got him crystal balled. I crystal balled him early to Ohio State. Um, I still have that pick on Ohio State. And I, I really don't like changing the, my crystal ball picks. I very rarely do. That's that's one that I could have to change uh, for Buckeye Nation's sake. I hope I don't, but it's a possibility because it is a possibility he goes to Central Florida, believe it or not. Um, it, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, I, I think uh, it's going to be one of those three schools. And I think uh, probably one of those two, uh, as things stand right now, either Ohio State or Central Florida. Dex is following up on uh, safety recruiting. Bill, assuming we don't get Caleb Downs, Fagan is gone, and Jeremiah Bonsu is trending away. What's next at safety? Well, uh, they have two outstanding ones in the class already, as most Bucknutters know. Uh, Malik Harford, I know Mark and I like a lot. Then uh, Cedric Hawkins from Florida. Um, if they don't get Downs, you know, Joe Nell Aguero is uncommitted. He is still talking about Ohio State. I, I pick, I would pick Georgia right now for him. You know, I think they would turn up the heat, uh, so to speak, on him and try to to win that battle. Uh, Jaden Bonzu, who I, you mentioned, is definitely trending Miami, but high State. He liked the high State early, so they could go back. And continue, well, not go back, but continue to recruit him. Uh, then Damon Fagan from Florida. He was up here in April with Brandon Ennis and, and Carnell Tate and those guys, um, part of the uh, South Florida Express group that came up. Uh, he committed North Carolina State, but he liked Ohio State a lot. So they could always go for a flip there. And then, you know, there'll, there'll be other kids that they'll look at and see how they do their senior year and possibly look for some flips. But those are the three names that I think you would look at first uh, if uh, Downs would end up going to uh, uh, Alabama. Mark, Derek Williams. Uh, I don't think the former Arizona basketball player who selected two overall now plays in Europe, but I digress. He says he thinks Sonny Styles is a better player than Caleb Downs. I will say this, Sonny was that level of recruit in terms of rating, et cetera. Sonny has a similar background, and Sonny is that level of athlete. Mark, do you believe Sonny Styles is a better football player than Caleb Downs? You know what? I, I think you were on to it with something there. They're both high-level players. Like uh, They could both be first-round draft picks in three or four yeah. years because of their athletic ability and the way they're made up the uh, – based on their height, weight, speed, you know, type thing there. But I think they're different players. I think Caleb Downs is more athletic. I think he stays at safety. I think he covers at safety. Or I think Sonny Styles is on his way to an outside linebacker type role, maybe even farther down the, to the defensive end type role if he, if he turns into be a great pass rusher. I watched him do that a few times in high school, so maybe I'm enamored with that ability of his. But I think, yes, upper echelon players – uh, if you're an NFL team picking in the top 10 picks, it's depending on need. Do we need a safety or do we need a linebacker? They both have that type of value. Today, coming out of high school, they're, you know, the five-star, 
that level. So you're right. Um, if you were to pick which one was a better football player, I think Caleb Downs was actually, a, I don't know, maybe a little bit better a football player because I always thought of Sonny being a little raw because he's going to have to transition down to another position. So there's maybe an unknown. Can he do it? I say, yeah, you know, but I'm just saying a 2% unknown because we haven't seen him move down to play a bunch of linebacker. You know, he's been playing safety his whole career. So yeah, if you want to, you know, split hairs like our you know question there, which one's better? I, I could see the argument either way, but I may go with Downs and go against you. Just coming out of high school now, and I may eat my words in three years because Sonny Styles may be the best player in the country at his position. I would say Styles is a better NFL prospect, and Downs. I mean, if this was eight years ago, ten years ago, Downs would be a corner. He wouldn't even be playing safety. So it's a little bit of a difference. Um, Guys, I'm just telling you from covering a lot of basketball and football, there just aren't many guys on the earth built like Sonny who are that size with that speed. Now, Caleb is a great player, but he's only – I don't even think he's 6'1". And I'm down uh, – Sonny is you know, a good 6'3". No, that, that's, a, that's a great point. That He yeah. might have the rare body type and makeup. There might not be as many Sonny Styles walking around. There the aren't. Caleb yeah. down, you know, which there is a very, very fair point for value. So, but in terms of like who's going to step in next year and, 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 you know, get more interceptions or I'd feel more comfortable in the back end, it'd probably be downs. If I yeah. were picking and I had to pay one of them X million dollars a year for the next 15 years, I think I would go with Sonny. I don't think Sonny is going to play in the NFL. It's just a matter of what position. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I, I keep coming back to this. Sonny Styles was one of the best shot blockers at the Peach Jam as a reserve guard. That does not make any sense. That's like break the map or break the analytics kind of stuff. And he is, he's that talented. So you know, um, the, the way to describe this sometimes is when you're looking at the U.S. Miss USA pageant, exactly. and there's 30 the most beautiful women in the world. What do you like? Blondes, brunettes, or redheads? They're all top of the line. You know, yeah. like, it, it, you know, it, for the so record, kind of I don't mince words. Yeah. For the record, my answer to that is yes. And secondly, this is like the LeBron Jordan argument. Second place. Yeah. So we talk a little bit negatively about a player where you're like, you're, you're really splitting hairs. Like I hate to have to pick one over the other or, or pretend like there's a separation like that. But yeah, if you want to split hairs, it's fun to do. And that was a nice exercise on breaking those two down. Look, that that's what you call first world issues or whatever. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yep. There, there are other there. Listen, there are many, many programs that have never gotten a guy as good as Styles or Downs. Yeah, you're right. Teams yep. in the Big Ten have never gotten a recruit that highly, so you were in great shape. All right, Bill, you hey, handle Dan, this one. Dan, go ahead. Let, let me go. Can I go back real sure. quick to one other uh, story? Uh, the one uh, person mentioned that you know Ohio State never gets a three technique out of the South. Um, you know, and it, those guys are hard to find. They're hard to land. But I got to go back with a story, a uh, quick story about one that they did. And it's been a lot of a few years, certainly. But um, don't forget about Ryan Pickett uh, from Zephyrl Hills, Florida. Jim Haycock, who was a high state defensive coordinator, recruited that guy. And um, he wasn't rated as the number one defensive tackle in the country that year. He was prior rated. He's in the top five, not number one. And he picked Ohio State. I remember Jim afterwards, a little bit down the line, told me, hey, as he put it, we got the number one defensive tackle in the country. We got Ryan Pickett. And lo and behold, 
when you look at the guys in that class that year, Ryan Pickett ended up as being the number one defensive tackle in the country. So I don't know. There's probably been uh, a guy or two out of the South that Ohio State's gotten since then. Uh, but that's a case of where Ohio State got the best defensive tackle in the entire, not only South, but the country uh, that year in Ryan Pickett. Yeah, I thought Antoine Jackson was going to be that guy. If anyone remembers correctly, we lost the recruiting battle to him originally to Auburn. And he went to, uh, I think he went to Blinn Junior College before he landed here and didn't really uh, materialize like we thought. Uh, Harish Charizmi asked what's going on with Downs. Dude, you got to watch the pod, brother. We just went over that for a while. All right, last question, Bill. And it was about this. Here we go. And you guys can both weigh in on this. Scott Franklin, are you surprised by Al Washington's Notre Dame recruiting success? We should add that Notre Dame and Ohio State seem to be battling it out currently for the number one class in 24-7 sports recruiting rankings. We open the season with Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman's their coach. He's hired uh, Jim Laronitis. He's hired Al Washington. Bill, are you surprised by Al Washington's Notre Dame recruiting success and maybe just the success that Notre Dame has had overall in recruiting? Not really. Uh, I mean, Al Washington is a is a good recruiter. There's no doubt about that. Um, uh, when he was at Ohio State, uh, look at the three linebackers they signed last year. Um, and and I, I can include Sonny Styles in that group, even though he could be a safety, but Al Washington recruited him and CJ Hicks, Al Washington uh, recruited and Gabe Powers. So, you know, that's three pretty good linebackers. Um, Al Washington was the reason that a big part of the reason that uh, Zach Harrison, you know, almost went to Michigan. Um, so yeah, Al Washington's a very good recruiter. Uh, so no, I'm not surprised at all about that. And, and, uh, uh, you know, Notre Dame is having a good recruiting class, but right now high state's number one. And, and I think they have the potential. I know they have the potential to, to continue to stay ahead of Notre Dame when the final rankings are done. Mark, you know, those guys at Notre Dame. Well, do you think they can, uh, continue their success or is this kind of like the early bird getting the worm here as their new guys? Yeah, I'll, I'll back up a sec. Al Washington came onto my radar at Boston College, where he was doing a great job recruiting there. And it's a little harder to recruit kids to Boston College than it is where he's at right now. And that led to his job success, you know, at Ohio State. You know, what he did there got his name out there. Uh, the guys at Notre Dame are going to be tough to recruit against. I, I think this younger generation of coaches, and I've always I bring up Luke Fickle and Matt Camel and. Let's throw Marcus Freeman in there and some of these younger guys. They appeal to kids. Yep. And what they have at their back is the facilities at Notre Dame, which are being upgraded, which have been upgraded, which aren't the same. You know, Brian Kelly said, oh, they need to do more. They're doing more up there. I actually talked to an Ohio State recruit this summer who couldn't believe the difference in the Ohio State facilities as the Notre Dame. But they were well aware Notre Dame was on the catch-up path right away. You know, like the, the – the, uh, the the, uh, the dirt was being dug for the sure. new facilities there. So I'm sure they let him know about it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's not like they're not going to be on even footing, but I think they're going to be trouble. I, I think you're going to have to deal with them year after year. I don't think this is a blip on the radar. I think this is a, a fad that may be here for a few years or as long as they have success, just like any other team. If they don't, 
they fizzle against Ohio State. They fizzle a few more times this year, and then you can kiss it all goodbye. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I was going to chime in with that. You know, let's see what happens on the field. That's a big, big part of it, as you mentioned. They, they're going to have to have success on the field. Yeah, but, I mean, Luke Fickle did it before. He won. He created the excitement that we're going to win, and he had little samples of proof that we're going to win. And same with Matt Campbell. Hey, look, look at the big win we had this year. I know we didn't get them all, but you see the steps in the right direction. That may be all they need for a year or two, but you're right. If they don't do something big in those first couple of years, it, it's it's hard to recruit kids who – what history to them is five minutes ago on their phone. Yeah, here's what I – I'll leave everyone with this. Is what I think is the positive of Notre Dame getting better is that I don't think Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Michigan can recruit at an elite level all at the same time in the Midwest given the number of prospects – and I can guarantee you Ohio State's going to be in that mix. So if Notre Dame enters the mix, I'm telling you, Michigan's going to be playing with a limp because there's only so many dudes out there. So I will leave you with Michigan limping. I hope that makes you happy on your Thursday. We really appreciate the, uh, we really appreciate Mark and Bill giving us this much time. Bill, has he's not afraid to use multiple platforms during the show, as you can see. He's gone vertical. He's gone horizontal. <laughs> He'll be on the phones all day working it. We went almost 36 minutes today. This may be a record. Have a good one, Buck Nutters. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.